Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Cool J with the triumphant comeback. More But tonight, don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my pants. What's up with the fear? Making the team. Can I get a mic check, please? Mic check, testing one, two, three. Welcome to the Listen Here Podcast with Brian Banks. Tonight we're going to be joined by Trevor Stokes, an old friend who I haven't seen for a while or spoke to. He's from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. He's a bit of a legend. We caught up earlier on Messenger with Instagram and we decided to catch up tonight. I was shocked that he had listened to the podcast and he wanted to be a guest. Let's hear how it goes. Hello. Trevor Stokes, it's Brian Banks. Brian Banks? Welcome, welcome to the Listen Here podcast. <laughs> well, thank you, Brian. Thanks. I'm, uh, I can't believe uh, it was a difficult uh, one to become a guest on. <laughs> well, there was a last-minute cancellation, so we were able to sneak you in on a, late on a Sunday night. Oh, well, on the Sabbath, no less. Yes. So uh, I, will, I will set the stage a bit for our listeners, which is really my children. So, <laughs> my formative years were spent in either Prince Albert, Waska Sioux, and then on to Saskatoon at the University of Saskatchewan. As you may have heard in my podcast, I say my children think I have no friends and just basically showed up in Ontario one day. So, um, <laughs> as, a, as a Prince Alberton in Waska Sioux, there was a d- dividing line. There was Calgary folk, there was Saskatoon folk, and there was PA folk. And of course, PA folk were a little more rough around the edges. And most of the Saskatoon folk were from Evan Hardy. So, they were actually. You know, it was. It's a real. Uh, most Saskatoon people up there went to Evan Hardy. So I don't. I don't really know how that all happened, but. So that is, uh, and then on to Saskatoon. So that's my link to you. Is uh, I met you through the Evan Hardy crowd. Um, and uh, you spent some time with some people that I know that lived on my street at Waskasu that were childhood friends that were PA folk. So. Uh, there was a melding of PA and Evan Hardy, Saskatoon. That's and, right. And I'll go back to saying we were a little more rough around the edges, and you always teased me about it a bit. Uh, but what are you talking about? You were the finest dressed man I've ever met. So okay. you, no, no rough. But if you were rough, you hit them all. And so I, I was thinking of stories. I'm going to try to keep everything as PG as possible. Um, so I do remember you teasing me one time that I was wearing too much cologne and called me Paco. As in Paco Rabanne. I did call you Paco, but you know what? That was okay. Like you, you cut, you were cut from your own cloth there, Brian. I, uh, I did not. My dad was a uh, men in speed stick and men in skin bracer man. Oh, I'm not, not sure that. If your, father, if your father was a skin bracer man, after the shave in the morning, he would get the uh, kind of like a, a one step down from Aqua Velva. Really? Well, because my dad, oh, yeah, I, my dad was Aqua Velva, but I don't think he chose it because it was one step above skin bracer. Well, I, I, I tell you, it was right beside the Dippity Doo. If you remember the Dippity Doo, I still use Dippity Doo. You still use Dippity Doo? Well, with my COVID hair haircut, I use about a gallon a day. <laughs> I'm going through it like crazy. <laughs> I wonder if there's a run on Dippity Doo now, like yeah. everything else. Yeah, I have it on tap, so it, it's actually convenient. <laughs> I don't know if you remember Dippity Doo. If I remember, it was the kind of green in a green container, but there was a pink one I saw yeah. recently. Yeah, my mom okay. used to use pink, and mine's blue. I used the sport because of my thick hair, <laughs> but I think there still is a pink, and maybe I think maybe it's all clear, and they just use different color labels. So there's there's definitely a I blue and a yellow. Yeah, that's right. 
It's still <laughs> dippity doo. I, I was just enamored by the color class. So I thought the do, the do, could we call it the do? I thought the do, or the dippity do, double D, uh, I thought it had a color, but you're right, it didn't have a color, it was just the glass. And uh, yeah, that was it. That was, uh, I had some wayward hair, I tell you. I went with the dippity do for a little while. Well, I noticed that we were both um, going prematurely gray. But you're oh, blonde. Geez. I'm fully white. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably three quarters. No, no, I'm fully, I've, yeah, no, I'm, I used to call myself Ted Danson um, for my, my wit and then my hair. And now it's, uh, I'm fully, you know, I'm like, <laughs> now you're coach. Now you're coach. Yeah, now, now I'm coach. No, I'm, I'm coach. No, I'm Anderson Cooper. I'm telling you. Oh, no, he's young. So I'm not even mad. It's, uh, no, but it's okay. I, I, I started turning great, Brian, when I was like 30. Yeah. I was, I was on to this team a long time ago, Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because I have older sisters. They're like fifth. Uh, anyways, I don't have to say their age. They're older than me, and so I'm like three quarters gray, and they color their hair because they're women. And my dad says to me about five years ago, he goes, "You know, you're the youngest in the family. I can't believe you're going gray so fast. Like the, your sisters aren't even gray yet." <laughs> Come on, Dad. Oh, the, the, you know what was, the, what was the, the greatest generation? Yeah, they're not too swift on the uptake. So to finish setting the stage, had a nice day today. I was I was shopping for Q. He's going to start baseball this week. I forgot to tell you, I'm, I'm actually helping coach, so it should be fun. Oh, oh you, well, I hope you get third base. Yeah, you know, it's not even. There's no games actually. It's just total. There's no games allowed yet. Oh, okay. Because just because of easing and restrictions, yeah. So it's it's going to be just uh, drills, I guess. I, I'm kind of going in blind. Anyways, <laughs> it's not about me. Uh, so I'm getting him a bat and a helmet, and I need to know all these sizes. So I thought, you know, who's the one guy that might be online and know something about baseball? Who's Trevor Stokes? And, so and I think I came up with the the 29 drop 10. Yeah, what did that mean, anyways? Drop ten is just a different. I think I, Hazen, my son, I asked him. So the, the truth be told, I went to the kid that knows and I gave him your uh, your, your son's specifics, and he goes, "Oh, it's going to be a twenty-nine drop 10. I think it's the it's something to do with minusing of the ounces. I have no idea. All I know is it's the bat for you, right? Yeah. Well, twenty-nine was available, so that's what he's getting. <laughs> and a, and a, whether he wanted it or not. And a really nice. Uh, Kind of toasty gray batting helmet. He, he's going to get a nice batting helmet. There's no well, share. There's no sharing allowed in COVID, so everyone has to show up with their own bat and helmet. Not like Prince Albert. Yeah, you, you know what? That, back in the day when we played, Brian, there was a lot of sharing. Yeah, there is no sharing anymore. <laughs> there's, no sharing. there's no sharing. You kidding me? No I, I think we had three batting helmets and maybe two baseball, two, two bats. Yeah, those maybe had the base running helmet. Sometimes you have to take the helmet that you were batting with, and then you have to pass it over, and then you got like just that kind of streamlined uh, helmet. Yeah, that does kind of ring a bell, actually. You played a little more baseball than me, but yeah, that does ring a bell. Anyways. Yeah, the base run. So, didn't have, the, the budgets weren't there, right, Brian? Well, at Prince Albert, we just could barely grow grass, so we were just happy to have baseball. <laughs> anyway, so from a few instant messages, I couldn't believe that you'd actually listen to it. The podcast, and I, you, you, you asked, like yeah, you asked to be a guest, so here we are. So, so what a nice turnaround! And I don't think we spoke. I don't think we've spoken in twenty-five years, maybe thirty. It's hard to you know, twenty. It would be less than that. It'd be twenty years. When, how and, long ago did uh, you get married? Well, you were. I think the last time I literally saw you might have been at my wedding. Yeah, that would have been I it. I think that 
I talked to I talked to you soon thereafter. How many years? Twenty years. Okay, so there you go. Twenty years. Two thousand and one. You were still living in Calgary at the time. Yeah. Yes, and I you was. Know what? The last thing you gave me, and I've got a couple of things. I got to come clean. I've got a couple of things of yours that I'll, I'll disclose as we move on. I know. Um, where this is going. You gave me a spray <laughs> snowboard bag. You you only bring that up every time we spoke. Yes, but yes, I did. <laughs> I, and I'm sure you used it. it. You're I, such a. I still. You don't use it. <laughs> I do. I, I, it's funny. I, I I play a lot of this I frisbee, ultimate frisbee. I play a lot of this sport, and there's this. I'm not even going to get into it because it'll you'll make fun of me. It's this, there's this derivative of the game, and it's called Goldtimate. Don't judge. Anyways, my Goldtimate kit goes into my spray bag, and I love it. I'm shocked, actually. I know you're so anti-brand that you, I'm, I, you must be really no, short. Right. On I could go in. I, I might. You know what? I might go in and see if I got. I think I'm going to get the spray bag. <laughs> I'm, I'm outside, and uh, well, we, we can keep talking, but I'm going to go fish through my garage. And I'm going to track down the spray bag. Oh, I'm glad you use it. I'm glad you're using it. I remember it had nice colors, green and blue and white. Yeah, it was gray, actually, Brian. Was it? Okay. Yeah, and, but uh, it, it's, uh, it was a lovely gift. It was very nice. It was unprompted. I came and visited you in Canmore, I think. Yeah, I don't remember that, but I, I did live in Canmore. Yeah, you did. And that's when I got the, uh, the Goldsmith bag. And... You know what? Now that I'm thinking about a guy named Kerry McCullough has the ultimate bag. Anyways, uh, and uh, do you want me to come clean with the other things that I've taken from you that I have not returned? Sure. And I apologize. I don't know how this happened. This makes for I good podcasting. Your, I have your LL Cool J um, CD, with the one with the classic Mama Said Knock You Out. And that might be Jeff Scott's. Oh, jeez. Well, jeez. <laughs> now I've stopped talking to potentially two people. I'm sure he had two or three versions of it, but... He won't miss it. He might have. And I think I also may have, um, uh, what, what's the classic Kiss hit? Um, like, oh, Rock and Roll All Night or whatever? Yeah, okay. I, I also have the, your CD. You, you were in possession of it. That could be mine, yeah. I think I, yeah, I probably jumped into the, a Columbia House CD promotion at one point and got that. You were a Labatt's. Labatt's rep that time when I when I borrowed those things from. Yes, yeah, could be. Yeah, I think you were. Have we set the table now, Brian? That's a pretty good table. I also just for for shits and giggles, in case my sisters are listening or ever listen to this, the one story that I do remember, and we don't need to belabor this, but I don't know if you know, but I used to ride my mom's bike around Wask Soup. <laughs> 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 And it was fast. It was a, It was from the Bay. It might have been made in Canada, but maybe not. GX2000. I could beat anybody from my cabin to the golf course. One speed bike. Even if they had an 18 speed bike. No kidding. I could. That, that bike had some kind of weird gear structure. And that combined with the strength of my legs. Nobody could beat me until you decided to make it a Papa Wheelie bike and broke the back wheel. I broke. I can't believe that I broke. It was never the same. It was never the same. You nope. know what? This is, uh, this is, uh, I, this doesn't just happen to you, Brian. I went out to Christina Lake. You're, well, you wouldn't remember Christina Lake. It's over uh, near the border of uh, Alberta and, and British Columbia in the south. Okay. Uh, south, southern corner. I know that. Anyways, area. Jim Rickfield, one of my great friends, retired now, uh, I go to visit his cabin, and literally, this is uh, honored. Uh, very few people. Jim's a little bit of a recluse. 
Um, he allows me into the inner sanctum, and it's like great. And I've got a paddle from the, the, the marina over to his place because I'm camping just outside of his thing. Um, I'm in his wife Doreen's. Uh, they're retired now, so that's a little bit of an important piece. Uh, in, in her canoe that she got for her, her uh, graduation, she's a teacher, her education grad in like 1978. Okay? Yeah. I, I, I paddle it over. I, I, I'm quite a canoeist, I'm an outdoor ed teacher, so I, I know this stuff pretty well. Uh, I break the canoe. <laughs> and it's one they've had for, well, since whatever, 78. So. Just like your mom's bike that she was coveting and was probably going to, um, in her golden years, was going to be going down to the uh, the beach house and get surprised, um, which you now can't because it's it broken. Yeah, well, maybe we could start a support group with those folks who lost their canoe. Yeah, so the GX2000, I don't, I don't even know where it is anymore. I think the family just gave up on it. So why would I, I, I can't even do the BMX tricks. So that, that, was, like, that was flawed from the start, me even trying to, but I totally remember it. It was right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know. I didn't know about the the legend of the, like, the speed of it too. Like, I really. Yeah, you might you you might you might not. You see, you never worked at the lake, and no. and, and we met and kind of started hanging around after I was no longer working there. So when I was working there and riding to the riding to the golf course a lot or going wherever, that bike was so fast. Honestly, I don't know. How, I don't know what kind of gear ratio it had, but it was so fast. <laughs> And then it was my mom's, so it was always fun to like. Oh yeah, Brian's riding his mom's bike around. So um, I won't bring up anyone's names until you bring them up because editing is so difficult. I really don't want to bring it. Yeah, yeah. But you you can talk about whatever you want. So, anyways, so uh, lots of good times. You know, you're such a you're such a genuine, fun, good human being. You're like a good influence for me. So. I have lots of fond memories of our maybe three years hanging out and a couple summers yeah, for was, sure. Like I saw, I yeah. saw a lot of you for a couple summers. It seems like yeah, it was super fun. It was uh, that was funny. I, I uh, when I did see your podcast, I was just it's like uh, you get in those moments where you're really tight with somebody, and then all of a sudden, it, it, before you know it, it, it's happened to many people. It was, it's two decades have transpired, right? And yeah, yeah, no, I was just thinking about it. You were you're such a funny guy, and. Uh, you, yeah, you you fit in into my kind of world in a very interesting way, because again, this PA connection, and then like you knew all these dudes that I went to high school with, and and uh, the Bells in particular, and uh, Tony the Carrick and Pat, all these fellas and stuff like that. So uh, it was interesting because I knew your name well before I ever met you, and I found that quite an interesting piece of it because I knew this Brian Banks person, and then you were in commerce and. I knew your name, and you, you were friends with a bunch of dudes outside of the Hardy guys that you were, and I knew as well. So, yeah, it was very interesting. Well, I'm sure glad that you uh, took the time to uh, send me a message today. It's yeah, to to. yeah. It, it's uh, as we age, it's like you have so many people around you when you're in your 20s, and then sometimes it feels like you have so few people around you when you're in your 50s. That's how yeah, it seems no, like you're, you're so right. <laughs> Except your kids. So, uh uh, where, where else can we take this? We could talk about your kids. I mean, you're, you're five years ahead of me, I guess. So did your boys play like what? So we have in common, we have, oh, I mean, you're a way better athlete than me. You're like a poor man, yeah. Dan Farthing. You're like, you played everything. And <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I'm, I'm actually hoping this, you know, this interview can you know, maybe get me into an interview with Dan Farthing actually. Um, <laughs> totally, totally joking. So, um, so we both played hockey, you played, you play way more baseball. I played golf. You didn't play golf. You played basketball. I didn't play basketball. 
but we probably had similar. But you you lived in the big city, so uh, did your did you get, what sports did your kids play? Uh, yeah, kind of. It's funny. Um, so yeah, you you kind of nailed it. Some of the sports that I played. Uh, my son Theo was seventeen. Um, he played baseball as usual, and um, then he then found lacrosse and hockey. Those, and then baseball fell to the wayside. Yeah. And he's a big hockey and lacrosse guy. Still plays. COVID shut it down this year, but uh, he'll be playing. I guess it's going to be resuming in probably about a month and a half. So he'll be playing both of those for his grade uh, 12 year. Um, whether he plays any high school sports, that's one thing that um, I'm hoping my kids will play. Theo played a little bit of high school sports, but I'm not sure about you, Brian, but I played a ton of high school sports. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it was a, a pretty integral part of my upbringing for sure. Um, but out here, it's a bit different. Like, there's, I'm sure it's exactly the same out, out east. Um, the club system has really changed things. So kids are at such specialized training yeah. at a young young age that like kids like us would show up in you know in grade nine and just try to figure out how to play basketball. And if you were a good enough athlete, you'd make the team. Well, now these kids are like come with like such requisite skills. And I'm a basketball coach and. I, you know, we've had some success with that, so I know exactly what it, what kids are up against if they don't come in with those types of training. But um, anyway, so that's what my son Theo does. My son Hazen uh, plays a lot of baseball. He's a he's a good baseball player, so he does that a ton. Plays year round, and then uh, he plays a lot of ultimate frisbee. Oh yeah, which is a sport that I played a lot once I moved out to BC. Yeah, I played a ton, and I've been coaching that for years and stuff out here. And then my youngest son is interesting. He's a he's a kid that's not that interested in sports, and it's kind of been lovely. He's more into like dance and art and musical theater and stuff. And um, and in some ways, that's been a, a blessing because the last thing I needed to do was to be at more ball fields and more basketball gyms, and yeah, cross fields and stuff like that. Oh, I hear what so you're that saying. was really nice to see. But I didn't grow, like, not that my parents were averse to, like, the arts or anything like that, um, but I just was never really exposed to any of that sort of stuff. So to have my kid interested in that stuff, it's, it's been really lovely, actually. It changed, really, it, really, it, really, it, yeah, it adds, I bet it adds a lot to parenthood. I mean, you just, you, you, you well, add something well, totally new that you wouldn't normally, yeah. I, 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 I haven't yeah. got to that point yet. I, I do know what you're saying. You know, there's so much skill development for kids. You could never start basketball in grade nine now. You'd be so far behind, no. right? You know, I mean, yeah. So it's just it's just nutty. The lacrosse thing is interesting. Lacrosse is big here. Uh, so, I mean, that is something that would be... I mean, I know nothing about it, but, I mean, obviously... Brian, lots it's a sport that if, if I looked at... Like, I'm not sure. I bet you there was some lacrosse in Prince Albert, probably. There is now. There, there, there absolutely yeah, was nothing. Growing, nothing. Okay, no way. When I, when I grew up, and, like, you know, I was like you. I was exposed... To, I, I was interested in pretty much every sport available. I had never... I had ever seen lacrosse. I knew, like, from, like, our social studies textbooks, I had an understanding of what lacrosse was. But I had never seen the game played, and then when I got out here, I was like kind of terrified because I had seen some of like the more like you know like you'd see it on like the highlights, and it was just like a line brawl or they yeah. like cross check, yeah. just cross checking the shit other people and stuff like that. So I was kind of intimidated by the sport, and and I only knew box lacrosse, right? I had seen, I knew what field lacrosse was, but I didn't really know anything about it. And my son plays both field and on box, and I, I, if if I could go back in time. That is a sport I would have played in a heartbeat because the beauty of hockey and basketball, it's this weird kind of mixture in, oh, on the box side. And then in, in field across, if you got good lungs, like I was a good runner, like, and you're deaky, you could just run, like, it's just, 
it's such a beautifully fluid game. So I became a big fan of it, even though I, my initial reaction was that it was just like this kind of like lunkhead, smashy, kind of like super violent concussion laced sport. And it's nothing like that. It's, uh, it's of all of the sports my kids play, it's my favorite sport to watch. And it's one that I would like to still participate in. Yeah, so my th- impression of lacrosse is the first I really heard of it as a real sport. I mean, I definitely didn't see it in Saskatchewan. It was when Joe Newendike was drafted and started with the Flames. As it, like, I think he might have left. I think he went to uh, Cornell. He might have went to Cornell for a few years. Anyways, he started. He, he came up as a young hockey player, totally skinny and tall. And I think he got 52 goals in it as a rookie season. And they said, well, it's because him and Gary Roberts are playing lacrosse in Ontario. And they're from oh, really? they're from Whitby area. So east of Toronto, which is like Whitby, Ajax, Peter, uh, not Peter, sure. uh, Oshawa is a big mecca for, for lacrosse. And that's where they grew up. And that's kind of where they, I started thinking about it as, or hearing that it was a good you know skill development for hockey players, or it's very similar for it. So... Uh, just before the pandemic, I took all my kids out to like a, a session to get them interested, and I, so I think they, I think they would get into it. We've kind of lost a couple of years here, but yeah, I had same same reaction as you, like seeing box lacrosse on TV, like the Toronto Rock or whatever. I mean, yeah. it, it's so it's so rough that you can't even really understand what is like how it's not all just full of penalties. But I guess if you know what cross checking is and you're allowed, what you're allowed to do, it might not seem that weird, but. Definitely box cross looks like it's just crazy. No, it does. And my son was a, was a smaller kid. He's bigger now. And it was, like, kind of terrifying. But, no, it's, you know, it's like, did you ever play three-on-three basketball? No, I really never played basketball at all. Oh, oh, oh anyway, three-on-three basketball is just you cut the court in half, and you basically, you score, and if you get the ball, if you score, you get the ball back at the top of the key. Well, there's lots of, like, it's like power plays. You know power plays in hockey? Yeah. How it's just, like, you, you've oh. got that kind of set, like, yeah. series of, like, that's exactly what box lacrosse is. It's just a series of, of maneuvers and pre-planned plays, and, you, like, they go behind the net. It's, it's, a, it's a great, like, again, it's pretty smashy, but if you know that the smash is about to happen, it's really not as violent as I get that, like, yeah. Really, yeah. It's just like people who don't know hockey just think it's crazy, and it's really not. Totally, yeah. 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 You're 100% right. And, you know, so, really, yeah. so my, my daughter is 12, so she, because of COVID, they played three-on-three three or four-on-four, four, just so there's fewer players on the ice this past winter. And there's some modified rules. Like, there was no face-off, just because they didn't really want the kids to get close. So the refs would just grab the puck and throw it randomly. And it, you know what? It was a really, really... Like, the refs could balance out a game by picking up the puck and throwing it into the, sure. you know. And so it was a it was a really eye-opener. It was like, what a great way to teach kids. I mean, it was lots of flow, lots of skating, changing on the fly. The puck, the puck, the kids had to, like, find the puck, you know, like, rather than just go line up. Yeah, that's cool. I and it was real. Like, yeah. I would have thought, you know, that's stupid. Four on four, three on three. Like, that's summer. That's yeah. like a But you know what? It, it was actually... Uh, way better for their development, and way—I mean, it was—it uh, was—it was really a fun way to watch hockey. Now, I play in a senior men's league, and they had a, a rule change that I had never heard of, but maybe you were familiar with it. Is that as soon as we gained um, the blue line, as soon as we offensively gained the blue line, it wasn't offside. What happened was the blue line actually retreats to the center line, to the red line. 
Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. now you have this huge offensive zone. So there's no, like, you can bring the puck all the way back to center ice. And <laughs> so the offensive zone is now half the rink. So it, how- was, it was incredible. Like, it was such a bizarre thing to get used to. And it was all about puck possession, and they just wanted to open up the space so that people weren't breathing on each other and take confines and stuff. Oh, I see. So okay. That, yeah. Do you see what I mean? So yeah. it goes yeah, from yeah. like this one, like, well, not thirds, but it goes in from the blue line. And as soon as you gain it, you can literally cross the blue line and then pull it back and go to center ice. Because all you have to do is just gain the blue line, and then it's, it automatically retreats. So I found the same thing that you're saying is like sometimes this COVID thing forced us to do things a bit differently and, and to like think evolutionarily wise of how we played sports. Yeah. And I can see like senior men's going to something like that because there's just so much more offensive play. But if you're ever facing, yeah, but if you're ever facing a team that like smells like summer hockey and they're all fit and they've like been playing together for oh, 20 years, you, you'll never get the puck away from them. If that's well, the that's rules. The thing is, that's exactly what does happen. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Skill matching is a thing. Yeah. But so, no, we didn't do that. I, I, I did play this year, but we only got three games in before they closed it down again. So, it was, we all lost our hockey seasons. So, yeah. So, the other thing, hopefully, I mean, my boys have kind of lost a couple of years, just kind of in the years where you kind of fall in love with hockey or whatever they're playing. But of course. May, maybe, they'll, maybe they'll play longer. Like, maybe they'll play into grade 10, 11, or 12, you know? Like, like I was starting yeah. to lose interest in it, so so we'll see. It is kind of it's sad. an interesting time, though. When you think about it, is like historically, we'll look back and there's this. There'll be this weird asterisk by every kid's development in every sport and every every cycle of life. Will Everything. Have this weird piece, this blip, where how things were always done weren't done for this yep. amount of time. Yeah. Right. And so it's it's fascinating to see how it's going to play out. And what how it manifests itself? Yeah, maybe, and maybe the kids will start. I mean, you know, I, definitely my kids have read more, so maybe they'll have a generation of readers. I mean, they're playing so many video games; it's like it's, it's a joke to even say that they're going to become readers. But join the club! Oh my gosh! <laughs> but it's like, when you think about it, the only thing that I can equate it to would be like when people went to war. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of what it is. That this is our time of service where. Everything was suspended for whatever, but it wasn't four or five years. That this was just a year and a half, but still, it's enough amount of time to like break for sure. Like if you were saying, like I, I'm coaching a basketball, so I teach, I coach the senior girls, and like that kind of like you, you probably know it too. Like there's a real fine line between your engagement with sport at about 13, 14, and and it starts to become tenuous. I think when you get to 15 and 16, because yeah, yeah. at least in the sports that I coach, there's a high a level of attrition at those ages and if if you have COVID in the middle of that like for example my ultimate program i now have two years where i don't have anybody having played ultimate you know what i mean so it's like i have to start the program almost from scratch and i don't have any of my strong players anymore yeah you know what i mean so it's 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 a it'll be interesting in 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 many facets of life but i I definitely will interested to see how it's going to play out starting in september I thought about the same thing. It's exactly like we're at war. <clears throat> you know, I, I so many times yeah. where you would, like, I would go to Toronto and the, the streets would be empty. You know, it would yeah. just be, it would just be nutty. Or, I mean, now that everything's opened up, there's lineups like Russia. Like, I mean, it's like we're in the Soviet Union where people are, I got there's, <laughs> there's blue jeans at winters. We got to go get our blue jeans for, for, for summer. <laughs> 
than Levi's in Russia. That was always a classic. I remember Bart Donnelly. He was a guy I went to high school with. He went to Russia in grade 12. And that, uh, I remember he had three pairs of Levi's. He was going to let the, uh, the communist kids uh, ring, run free with their Levi's. He was going to make a small fortune. Right. He, he, took, he took three pairs over to sell to the Russian kids? Yeah, oh yeah, totally. It was like that in this Canadian flag in the backpack was like pretty much part of the course. Everybody had their had their, <laughs> their Levi's to sell. <laughs> so, so is Bart the younger brother? Yeah, Greg. It was Greg and Bart, right? And, yeah. Uh, there's Greg and Brett. So there's an older brother as well. Oh, okay. He's quite a bit older than Bart. So yeah, I, I wouldn't have met him. Would be. Uh, he's, well, let's see, Bart would be, he's a year older than me, so he'd be 52, 50, 53, Greg would be 57. Yeah, yeah, Bart is the one I know Brett, for sure, yeah. Yeah, Brett would be 60. <laughs> I, I, I never liked, I, whenever I listen to these, I always hate to make it about myself, but the first time I met Bart was at Waska Sioux, and I think I was just coming off a shift or whatever working, and I went and yeah. I was at the... Somewhere in the lake, I went swimming, and he's in the lake with, like, you know, your Evan Hardy crew. <laughs> and he goes, you know, you've been in the lake for a half hour, and your hair's not even wet. You have Gore-Tex hair, I think. Because <laughs> I, I, I do have Gore-Tex hair. Anyways, so uh, what, what bumper song would you like uh, as to, to introduce this segment? When I, when I do... Bumper song? I don't even know the language. Does that mean, like, it's going to be, like, the lead-in? Yeah, the lead-in song, yeah. Oh shit, Mama said, Nagi, I stole your CD. Oh yeah, we can have a little tie-in. Yeah, good job. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> good job, Trevor. Trevor, are you smart? So what uh, What else is, uh, you've you've had a long, long run in Vancouver. You're a Vancouverite. Is uh, your, bro- your brother's in Montreal? My brother lives just in the Laurentians, so he lives in oh. Eastern Townships. Yeah. So he's been there for probably going on 18 years, Brian. Yeah, wow. Probably 18 years. Yeah, so he lived like from he went from Saskatoon to Toronto, and he lived in Toronto for about eight years, and then uh, from Toronto, maybe a little bit less than maybe five years, and then he moved out to uh, yeah, and he, he he never lived in Montreal. He lived out in the Eastern Township. So yeah, he's got a play, you know, like Mont Tremblant. Yep. That's that's kind of where he lives and stuff. So it's beautiful. It's really oh, nice. I've never been out there. I know where that is. Yeah, I know where that is. That, that is beautiful. Yeah, if, if you know the area, he lives in. A, he used to live in a place, and he just moved recently. But he lived in a place called, um, oh my goodness, Lack. Anyways, doesn't it's, matter. It's not far from Mont, doesn't Mont, matter. Mont Tremblant and stuff. But, but yeah, this... I haven't been able to get out and see his new place, but I'd like to get out there. He's got two kids himself. This is not the Cam Stokes episode. It's the Trevor Stokes episode. So that's we... right. So he's out. So tell me a story about Vancouver or Saskatoon or Regina well, well, or Waska Sioux. Well, you know what? You, you get to those points where, you know, you know, I was just talking to somebody. I was talking to my brother not too long ago. And it's like, you get to those moments where you realize that you've lived in, for, for me, I've lived in Vancouver longer than I've lived in Saskatchewan. You know what yeah, I mean? And yeah. I've lived in Vancouver longer than I lived in Saskatoon, and I, I couldn't really comprehend that. And my parents have lived in Vancouver longer than they've lived in Saskatoon. Oh, and those wow. are really, that's a real mind flip when you just assume that like the majority of your life has been spent in a place, and then time just goes on, and you, you I guess you just nostalgize those moments, right? And they just become maybe bigger or they're more momentous than the ones that you're living currently. 
So that was a bit of a, a, a freak out to not freak out. I didn't have anxiety or anything, but I was just like, oh my God. And then it also showed up to not that young anymore either. So, um, and I've had the same job. I've been out here for a long time as a teacher, right? I've been able to do the same type of work wherever I've taught and I've been at the same job for, I'm kind of a lifer there. I've been there for 22 years. Yeah, and, crazy. Uh, it's a killer job. It's like super unique and weird and within the teaching field. So that's really been fortunate. Influen yeah. Influencing yeah. lots of kids, lots of people. Uh, Good for you. Well, I think all teachers have that. Yeah, I, I'm just really fortunate. I've just been able to uh, kind of build things without anybody telling me I couldn't. And uh, I'm not sure if all teachers have those uh, environments in which to do that so yeah i've been really fortunate and yeah we've been we've been able to do a lot of cool stuff and uh do some really neat things with lots of kids and stuff so that so that's been really nice and that's really really you know i've just, I've just been thinking i i went so you've been in vancouver longer than anywhere else so i went to i lived in calgary calgary area 10 years and i've been here about I came here in 2004, so that's like 17 or 18 years. So yeah. I guess approaching being in Ontario as long as I've been, almost as long as I was in Saskatchewan, but still Saskatchewan would be the longest. Yeah. I, never, I never really thought about it that way, though, but definitely, uh, I mean, it feels like I'm at home now, even though in, that's, like, I feel at home in Hamilton. Hamilton's very much like PA, and I, the climate's really good. I do really like it. Uh, but I do miss Wasque Sioux. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a reality that I would like to just start spending seven weeks a summer there. But Yeah. Do you, do you get back every summer, though? Well, I didn't go back last summer at all. I have gone well, back of course. Yeah, every summer except one up until last summer. And I, I don't know. I, I, I'm still hoping to go back in August. I would really like to go back. Um, and, I mean, I would even like just to do stupid stuff like... I don't know. You, you know the golf tournaments there called the Lobstick, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So, lobster, I mean... Yeah. so. At 55, you can start playing the senior lobstick. <laughs> but, I mean, it would be, even be fun. <laughs> so I'm three, way, three years away from that, even though I wouldn't even compete. I wouldn't even be able to compete, probably, with most of the guys from PA who are 55. They're probably playing on a scratch handicap. Uh, but it would be fun to start going back and, like, playing in those and stuff. But uh, yeah, it seems like a long ways away right now. But Yeah, I live not too far away from Pat Mirwald. I don't know if you remember Pat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so Pat... Pat uh, was a good friend of mine again a hardy guy yep and uh, he I, I didn't realize it at the time i was coaching baseball this was about eight years ago no maybe sorry less than that but yeah well probably eight years ago and all of a sudden out of nowhere on the opposing team was his son max and i didn't know pat lived and even lived in the neighborhood he actually lives about eight blocks away from me so oh, I really really reconnect re yeah i've really reconnected with pat i see pat an awful lot so he's my Waskasu connection because um, they have. A, I think their family has a cabin at the Christopher Lake, don't they? I think. I think Curtis Decision and and his uh, sister Laura, and I think his mom and dad Bob and Rita. I think they have a. Is is it Christopher? No. What's the one where uh, Fanny used to? No, McPhee. McPhee. McPhee Lake. What's the name of the golf course there? Then? Oh, uh, Elk Ridge. Elkridge, that's where they have a cabin. So would that be on McPhee Lake? Yeah. Yeah. So that, anyway, so I, I get my, my Wasca Sioux filled because he goes back. And, and out of nowhere, like Earl Wood, and, you know, those kind of guys, their names come up and stuff. And it's pretty uh, funny to hear because I haven't heard of those names in a long time. Well, honestly, I, yeah, 90% of the people who were there when I was growing up that you would know are still going. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm a rarity that... That doesn't go anymore. I mean, I think all those right, all right? those names still go. 
like the hairdressers are still up there and stuff. And yeah. Oh yeah, and I mean, yeah. Every I think everyone cool. does. Yeah, I mean, because it, it is a. I mean, it is a pretty special place. And oh, if, you, if you live in Western oh, Canada, it's it's a pretty special place. It's tough to get to once you leave. I mean, that was probably the biggest regret of setting up shop in Ontario. Is it? I kind of under, underestimated that I'm leaving Wask Sioux behind. But anyways, Mirwalds Mir had a cabin in Wask Sioux, so they must they must have sold it or because they had one right well, uh, right they, near. They might still even have it. I don't know, but yeah. I know that they built a, a pretty big one uh, up on uh, uh, Elk Ridge with the NHL and, money. Uh, yeah, because yeah, 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 yeah it's one of the, I don't. I think Pat's old place was kind of near the Takaris. Yeah, totally. Uh, no, yeah. no, no, no. Theirs was near like uh, by the bells. The like down like McLaughlin, Heron, and Sarah. Like they had one on the oh, okay. The whatever you'd call that, the lower subdivision. I I don't know what those streets were called, but not as far as the bells. And I mean, Takaris were in our area, the portables. So yeah, they were. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, I know the mirror walls, and I know exactly where they had their cabin for sure. So they might have sold it. Who knows? Yeah, so he, yeah, like I said, he goes back, and it's lovely to see like Ski Beach is still there. Is it called Ski Beach? Ski Beach, yeah. Everything's the same. I mean, nothing has changed. Yeah, it's yeah. a real touchstone for you know for 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 many. Yeah, I haven't been. I, uh, Jason, I was there for Jason Dupes, and uh, or actually, you would not know this. He goes by Dupay. He goes by what? Jason Dupay. He does that. He are you serious? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, I, I would uh, not know that. I, I see Jason quite a bit. I shouldn't say quite a bit. I, I just see Jason and Susie a fair bit. Um, we became, you know, pretty good friends. Um, so uh, we would, like, do a lot of vacations together. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and uh, there's a guy named Rob McLaughlin. I don't know if you've ever Of Bob. course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rob is a very good friend of mine. He's probably one of my best friends out here. Um, and uh, so he's really good friends with Jason. Um, so I would, uh, we would do lots of things together as, as families with Jason's family and with Rob's family and my family and stuff. So, yeah, he, well, he was a PA boy there for a while too, right? Yeah, no, no, no. I, well, I, <clears throat> I actually did speak to him at your wedding. I do remember speaking yeah. to Rob at your wedding, yeah. Right. I imagine you would, yeah. So that's interesting. So yeah, and I worked with Jason. I worked with Jason two or th- at least two summers, maybe three summers. On the golf course. Yeah. And even played hockey with him one winter, I think, because uh, he started playing in PA. One, because I think a couple winters he was just living in Wask Sioux, but he came and lived in PA one winter. Yeah. And I think we played hockey against in, in university, didn't Jason? He played on a rival team. I remember. Uh, I remember you got me up front. I hadn't played hockey. You did? Yet. Did you show up? I don't remember you ever coming yeah. out. No, no, you did, dude. I, I I hadn't shown up. You 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 brought me equipment. Yeah. So I didn't have any equipment. I hadn't played since I was in grade. Nine, <laughs> I flew my shoulder in grade nine, and I had never. I had, I don't even know. I probably had skates on at some point. Oh, you these... brought me out. Somebody, uh, Salinger. Is it Brian? Could be. Yeah, could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I... well, no, but he he. You guys cobbled together some equipment for me. Yeah. And I remember we played the PA guys, and Rob McLaughlin was on the team, and Jason was on the team. Jason had a big black mask. I remember that. Yeah. And uh, and a few other guys and. Uh, uh, I remember I had a breakaway, and I went right into the goalie. <laughs> yeah, literally, right. I, you can't kind of slid out to get the puck, and I went right into his pad and crashed into the net. And, you know, I don't remember that. I remember all the whining about why you couldn't come out. 
And I do remember the me put me working hard to get equipment for you. And same with Jeff Scott too. Jeff Scott's like, oh yeah, I love it once I'm out there, but I'm never, you know, it's real. I love it. You can dangle again, he said. But you know, I'm never coming back. I, like it's just too early in the morning. You know, right? you know, good Jeff Scott story. We would walk to school when we were living together. And sometimes he didn't have enough time to brush his teeth and smoke menthols. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he thought. That's what his brush his teeth was. He just smoked a couple menthols oh. on the way to work. So. Well, I have, you know, Jeff Scott's another guy. I mean, I did spend a lot of time with him. I had lots of fun with Jeff. Jeff and I actually had a bit in common. I wasn't nearly as cool as Jeff, but, I, I you know, Jeff was a lots of fun. Lots of fun. Oh, with he, Jeff. He, he but he, he's the same. Brian, it's, it's, this is eerily reminiscent of our existence is that I have not seen Jeff Scott in 20 years. <laughs> I, like literally, but nothing like, like incommunicado. Like I'm embarrassed to say I actually gave him my email address and my phone number. I ran into him like at Earl's or Joey's one night and I never heard from him. He's like, well, dude, fuck I, you, I, Brian. I, I hate you. <laughs> I reached out to him a couple. I lived with him and I went traveling with him and I was like like you. I, I had a pretty strong relationship with Jeff, and I, I like the world of him. He was such a funny guy. Yeah, yeah, lots such of fun. Char- such a character. Yeah, um, lots but of fun. I, I literally have not seen Jeff or, or heard from him in, in twenty years. Well, maybe I'll tag him on the uh, announcement of this podcast. Maybe I'll. Yeah, totally. No, lots of good times with Jeff. We we actually had a, a fair bit in common. But anyways, yeah, he's he's a very he's a fun guy. I don't remember you living with him. Yeah, I lived with him when I first left, left my house. Like I lived in Saskatoon when I was university, and in my third year, I uh, I moved out, and uh, I moved out with Jeff and Stuart, and that uh, was just in in City Park. Yeah, I do so remember. Were, yeah, and we were about four blocks from Earl's and stuff. It was yeah. just a rundown, like kind of a shit house and stuff. But four hundred twenty-five dollars a month. I remember that for the whole house. I wonder if it's <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I haven't been to Saskatoon in so long, like, to actually stop and drive around. No, I'm, I'm with you. I don't have a single family member. I would love, Saskatoon. I would love to, I've, I've went to the website. I can't believe they're so weak in merchandising. I would, I would love to get some Husky Hockey gear. Like, they have such a great oh, yeah. logo. Like, the Hustling, hus, hustling Husky Hockey logo is such a great one. But they don't yeah, have much online. You heard of the coaches now, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really. What do you think of that? I think it's great. Like he brings a lot of street cred, and they've invested a lot, I think, into the rink and stuff. And yeah. They've invested a lot into the program and stuff. And I think the the boosters are really strong on it and stuff. So yeah, I think it'd be great. Like if we're gonna have a good sports program, why wouldn't it be hockey? You know what I mean? Like it, they should invest in it. And uh, like Rutherford was a hole when we were going to yeah. university, right? Yeah. Like you know, and really like collegiate wise. They were successful or more successful than any of the other sporting programs. Basketball had a little bit of a run, but nothing else was really doing much. And yeah, no, it's cool. I, I think it would be great. I, I actually met him out here a couple times, and uh, he's a lovely, lovely man. He seems like he's a guy from Swiftcar. Just so I think fine. I'm just going to go out on a limb here, and I think you haven't heard the latest news then, which I oh, I'm still news? supportive of it. It's not super new. It's not super recent, but. You, do you know who the head coach is this coming season? I thought it was Willie Desjardins. Yeah, so he stepped down. It's Mike Babcock. You're joking. No, Babcock's this again? is like four four months old. Yeah, he, he's doing it for a dollar because the oh leagues are God. still paying him. What, so what happened to Desjardins? I think, I think he might have retired. 
Desjardins, huh? De, it, like Desjardins, like Willie Desjardins. It's the Willie Desjardins, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he he ha, he was instrumental. He said, uh, you know, we should really do this to um, to you know increase the exposure and the visibility. And if he's a great coach, and he we can help him, and we he can help us. And yeah, he, so he's doing it for. He signed a two year deal. Wow, what do you think? For a buck. I think it's great. I, me too. I think, you know what? I think he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything criminal. He, No one supported him. I felt awful how badly everyone treated him on the way out. Like, you know, Shanahan, you know, Shanahan, no one had an answer for him when he was a player, right? I mean, he could fight whoever he wanted. He scored at will. Yeah. If he would have just said something and said, you know, I hired him. I, I could have hired anybody, and I chose him because he's a good coach. And yep. maybe we didn't know some things, or maybe we underestimated his way with the younger players. But he, he I, I felt really bad for him. You know, no one's, very few players stood up for him, and he, and he actually went out classy, and he really, he went out of his way, and he basically just said thanks to Lou Lamorello, and thank you to uh, Riley Morgan or Morgan Riley. Sorry, I got it backwards. Yeah, and, that's and, pretty much what he said, wasn't it? Which means. That that's the only guys that I have respect for around this place anymore. I thought that's how I got it. So I, I felt really bad, and I, I'm sure he's ostracized. And I see on Twitter that he's kind of maybe he's a little rough around the edges. On he, he's he's the coach on NBC broad, uh, broadcast now. I think he took uh, Mike Milbury's place. Oh, he did. Oh, I didn't know that. But I don't get the US feed, so I don't see it. But I heard he's he's not that good. But anyways, I hope he can have like he's hired. I think he has like eight assistant coaches. So he's really probably only going to be like wearing a really nice suit behind the bench. It might be just for optics. But yeah, so he's the coach. It's not Desjardins anymore. Oh shit! I did not know that. Yeah. Well, I heard I heard you say Willie, and I was going to let you finish because I thought maybe you were. But yeah, it, it's it's Babcock, unless unless I'm behind the times. But no, no. I, I now that you mentioned, it, I think I think Pat had sent me something about that and stuff. Yeah. Jeez, come on. They could, they could do... They, you know what? Everybody deserves a second act. And hopefully, you know, I, I think he was a good human in, in a lot of parts. And I think I was kind of like you. I, I, I couldn't believe that like, everybody threw him under the bus. Oh, everybody. Like or or didn't say stuff. anything, you know? like when I, I felt really bad for him. Really bad. It was. It was. It, what a what a horrible way. And it was just such a weird time in sports. Like I mean, there were guys getting fired for really good was. reasons, you know, for abusive reasons and, and actually criminal reasons. But he just. He, I mean, I don't know if that's called. Uh, I don't really know what that phenomenon is, but he just got caught in a bad timing. It was just really bad. So yeah, yeah no, he totally like the zeitgeist that was going on at the moment just seemed right for him. Yeah. To, and, and uh, I, I was with you. Like I, even when I when I read about the allegations and stuff, and, and they were, you know, they weren't kind. You know what I mean? And it was like kind of hard ass technique or tactics and stuff. But it, it, like like you had mentioned, it was there didn't seem to be anything criminal to me about how he behaved. He was kind of an asshole, I guess. And the thing was, was did he do something with Madonna or something or? Like, he wouldn't let somebody get their thousandth game. Yeah, it was Detroit. Yeah, he didn't. He somehow didn't let Madano play his thousandth game, yeah. Like, something like that, right? And that just becomes sensationalized, and there might have been reasons behind it and stuff. But I always liked Babcock, and, you know, I guess I was enamored, especially with his Team Canada stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, I I never saw hockey teams ever perform better than what he had at the Olympics. Yeah. And it was every, every single player, like, bought into the system as uh, more than I've ever seen in, in sport ever like 35 second shifts and the guy in the fourth line was working 
every bit as hard as the guy on the first line. And, you know, so I, I, I was surprised that the Team Canada guys, that nobody, like I didn't know anybody in the hockey community, at least in the, in the stuff that I was watching, support him. Nobody did. I don't think anyone did. I think the only person, uh, there's a there's a French-Canadian centerman who was kind of like a third-liner who was always dra- who was always traded at the trade deadline because he was so good at face-offs. I forget his name, but he okay. came on and said that he was the best coach he ever had, he, and he, he was making the rounds himself. And I forget what his name was. It doesn't matter. I mean, he's kind of the typical guy that gets traded at the de- trade deadline a lot because he's so, he's, he was so good. Um, and he was the only person. And I and I and I thought so maybe someone else did, but I I don't. I mean, I kind of. Kind of follow it a fair bit. And I never saw it. So, anyways, it's it's all water under the bridge. But I do feel bad. So yeah. that was kind of why that was when I started looking. I was like, I saw a guy that I went to university with. He was on Instagram and he had a hustling huskies logoed bunny hug. And I was like, God, that's really nice. Like that is. And I, I've looked everywhere. He said he found it at like, you know, Archibald Arena in Saskatoon on sale behind the canteen. <laughs> like you know, like he bought a coffee and the bunny hug, and he thought it was like probably ten years old. So. Anyway. Well, maybe we have to buy the rights, Brian. Yeah, maybe Dave King, Dave King probably owns the rights or something. There's probably a fight going on. <laughs> Anyways, so the other joke I was going to say, I'll throw it in here. It has no relation to what we're saying. Is So I'm from Prince Albert. You're from Saskatoon. Saskatoon are one of the oldest major junior franchises around. Did you know that? Uh, the, like the Blades? The Blades, yeah. Yeah. And They're one of the oldest? Yeah, one of the oldest. Like, I think they've been around. It's, it's, it's one of the oldest major junior franchises, right? So, But yeah. I, I always add the joke, and still, they haven't won the Memorial Cup. Yeah, they still have not. Yeah. Got close. Never. Phil um, Kaminsky. Ty Domi. Um, so, so do, you, do you follow the CFL? Like, will you, would you go to the Lions games, or your kids are just... Yeah, no, I do. It, it's we're in a tough situation with the CFL, right? Like, we're, yeah. uh, Vancouver is is uh, you know what? It's a really fickle sports market out here. Yeah. Like, it's I don't know. I guess maybe there's lots of things to do and stuff, but and and they definitely like to back winners. So when the CFL is kind of struggling and the team here was kind of struggling, um, they they really kind of couldn't get themselves positioned. And then the Whitecaps, like the soccer, kind of took over. Yeah. But then the soccer became, they were so poorly managed on the soccer front that now instead of like the CFL gaining back the fans they had lost to soccer, both just look like they're dead in the water. The one thing that was interesting, Brian, is like about 10 years ago, it's probably 10 years, maybe a little bit less than 10 years ago, um, they had to renovate BC Place. So they actually built a temporary stadium like three blocks from where I live. And it's called Empire Fields, and and that's where this uh, the BC Lions originally played. I remember, yeah. And uh, it's it's just off the number one as you would be taking the bridge over into North Vancouver, um, and that was amazing to be outdoors in football. Yeah. Like, and the the place was it was a small stadium. It was a little bit bigger than Montreal Stadium, so it was probably about twenty three thousand, and it was so energetic. It, there was such a um, like a liveliness to the games, and then they renovated you or BC Place, and it's a lovely, like remodel. They did a good job with it, but it's still a sixty thousand seat yeah. stadium that only fills up with thirty thousand for football, right? And uh, so that diminishes the product, right? Yeah. No, I'm still, I'm still. Every time I go back to 
Saskatchewan. I, I make a point to go into a Riders game. It's amazing. That stadium there is fantastic. Yeah, I, I've yet to be at the new stadium. It looks really good on TV. Oh, it's incredible. It's like a, I, I mean, maybe you haven't been to um, the stadium in Seattle, um, uh, Quest Field, but it's it's similar to that. It's, it's kind of got a little bit of Winnipeg, the Blue Bombers field too. Yeah. It's uh, it's really tight. It's got really like really steep like like the sight lines. Or it's everything's on top of each other. No, it's a great. It's a beautiful facility, and it's like it's smart. It's thirty-five thousand people, right? Yeah. And it looks like it's got fifty thousand in it. Yeah. Well, I remember the season when the BC Lions played outside an Empire Field or the old Empire Stadium. I, I, I mean, I remember yeah. that. It, it looked great. And they, they should, probably should consider going back, I guess. Yeah, it was, it was spectacular. Where do the Whitecaps play? They play in, in GM. Or oh, so they play inside, well. too. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah and it's a beautiful field. Like, they, they really they renovated it. It's nothing like the original um, stadium. It's beautiful. It's got a retractable roof. Yep. It's, it, it, they've changed that like there's tons of natural light that comes in it's really great but it's just like again we, we Vancouver doesn't seem to be able to draw you know the crowds but 40 50,000 right so if you got 25 or 30,000 people it just looks really empty and they do like what they're doing with the NHL games and they don't have fans they're putting those big you know like the swaths of the fabric over time seats right yeah. so anyway, so, but I love football it's, football is weird out here right it's like High school, they play American League, American rules football, right? Oh, I didn't know that. So, so they don't, yeah, yeah. So they play four downs out here, and they play on the smaller field and stuff like that. So um, that that really hurts, I think, in a lot of ways, your attractiveness to the sport, oh, um, yeah. just because the, the game is actually different, yeah, right? And uh, and so they kind of grow up following the people that play the game that they play. So. Um, there's a real strong attachment for those kids that are playing to the NFL, not necessarily to the CFL. So, and it's, it's weird. Like in Saskatchewan, I guess it's just such a football uh, mecca. Like everybody threw the football around, like, and every kid would play football and seemed to play football with their buddies. And for sure. it was just part of our our, our history, right? And yeah. it's, it's definitely not here. There's there's a couple of reasons. Not. There's got there's got to be a simple reason. I mean, we're it's a small market. So Saskatchewan, yeah. we have one, th- you know, we have one team to support, and you know, everyone's a Ryder fan, totally. and we don't, we're not really close to the American market. I mean, even across the border, I mean, really, Montana or North Dakota is more hillbilly yeah. than Saskatchewan, so it's not really the draw, yeah, totally. of, you know. So it's, there's no draw of, oh, well, let's go across the border like Vancouver and we can go watch the Seattle Seahawks. You know, we don't yeah, have yeah, that. Totally or it's just too big. I mean, Toronto's the same way. You know, like Hamilton is a CFL town because. You know, Ham- Hamiltonians, like the rough blue-collar crowd, uh, they don't want to be Torontonians, you know? Like, you know, there's no alert to be that Toronto is where rude people work or where people have too much money or try to show off their money or, you know, they're exclusive and they're not inclusive. So Hamilton is a, has their own little, you know, Regina. Like, it's it's their own little us against them. Yeah, so. So it makes yeah, sense. Totally. The, CFL, like, the CFL is a thing here, and they have a new stadium. But Toronto is, you know, it, it's just... I just think they're they're fighting a uphill battle. Like they really need to move it to, you know, Woodbridge or Oshawa or somewhere where it can be us. You know, the little the little person who lives beside Toronto and it's not Toronto. Like it still can be the Argonauts, but I don't think you know that when the games are on in Toronto, it doesn't even. It doesn't even move the needle. It doesn't even move the needle. I mean, no one's going. I mean, maybe 15,000 or whatever. But, you know, by contrast, 
really. I mean, the soccer is quite. The MLS does yeah. move the needle. You know, they mean they get big crowds and there's a lot of energy and there's a lot of drinking for the game and there's like big crowds after the game and I think Toronto just the Argonauts needs to go somewhere to survive because it's kind of sad. It's sad yeah, that it's I, just to, just to, before I forget, I didn't realize Vancouver kids play. NFL rules. So I guess is that so that they can get scholarships, or is it just because kids want to play NFL rules? I think it's probably the coaches who are driving it. I think to tell you the truth, Jeez, I, I think almost should be illegal. Be a piece to it. like SFU, one of our local universities. Yeah, they always and they still do. They don't play Canadian intercollegiate athletics, so they've always been part of the NAIA. Right. So that's like the NCAA. So they've always they're a Division two school. So they've always done that. So there's a little bit of push there so that some of your kids, like they want them to be familiar with the sport if they're going to go to SFU. But I think, honestly, they just believe that it's a more popular form. That's crazy. That's, that's, that's so unpatriotic. I can't believe it. I know. It's really I, – I was like flabbergasted when I, when I saw that. And I was just like – I asked the same question. I was just wondering why. Nobody really had a concrete answer for it. One guy said that it was easier – to uh, get 10 yards with three downs, and it made, and there could be a, a weak argument possibly that they had a little bit more engagement that way. Right. Because you weren't punting all the time. It's a little easier. Yeah. Yeah. The, the fields are weird though. Like, literally, when you see it lined, they line it like on the shallow field, right? Yeah. So that's, that's really strange. And then, but then sometimes I've seen high school games that are playing American style. But they play on the big field, and then that's crazy, <laughs> right? Because they're playing a lesser man. They got three more downs, space. Or four downs, yeah. and they, they just run wild. So what, the scores are like 185 to oh, 125. No, literally, like kids are running for like 350 yards <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> because you just can't. There's no. There's not enough, like there's too much space and not enough people to stop them. Yeah. So are are your um, is your oldest on his way? Is he a uh, possible scholarship athlete? No, 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 no. He's a he's just a he's a he's a good athlete. But no, I don't think that's in the cards for him. Not by any stretch. He's got some buddies that are going down. Like he's got two or three buddies that. Are, so when you finish your sixteenth year, so age sixteen, um, to go into the next upper upper level, you get drafted. So they have a big lacrosse draft. Um, but it's like it's a small draft. It's not like baseball where you have like 28 rounds and stuff. Um, so there's out of out of BC, there would probably be only about uh, 40 kids that are eligible, and then they take those 40 kids and they um, populate the the major junior teams and yep. stuff like that. Yep. So he probably could have got to, into that, but he, he's just wasn't. You know, he's works a lot. He works up in the local ski hill, so that was taking place during the time when he was supposed to probably be training and stuff. And, he likes skiing and like working as much or more than he likes lacrosse. So, but it's a yeah, it's, it's one of those sports where it's it sure seems like there's a lot of scholarship potential, especially out east in the in the America and the American uh, Eastern Seaboard. Yeah, he's got three or four buddies that are going to the university. Out. Like one guy's going to Duke, which is a really strong lacrosse program. Yeah, the guy's going out to I think Rutgers, and another one going out to Brown and stuff. So. For sure, the Eastern Seaboard is—it's a big uh, it's, it, lacrosse is big. There's lots of kids around here that that go down, you know, a, yeah, couple, I mean, a couple hours and play Syracuse or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Syracuse. I remember that. that was always a big one there. 
Yeah, so we are at 59 minutes. It goes by pretty fast, Ryan, I guess. Yes. That's amazing. We've almost made an hour here on this podcast. We can, we can save some for uh, episode two if you want. I'd love to. This has been just such What else do you time. have to get off your chest? You, you, you jokingly said you had things to get off your chest. Anything you have to get off your chest? No, I had nothing to get off my chest. No, I just, I just thought it was because uh, my my friend. No, we don't have. We can edit this out. But my friend Rob McLaughlin dated Andrea as well, right? Yes, yes, I know that. Yeah, so that that was a, a common bond there. That 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 piece that because uh, I didn't know Rob. Rob was sort of like you. I I, I knew of Rob and he hung out with people that I knew, um, and just like I had heard your name in many circles and stuff like that. So. It was interesting. So uh, I always did like I, whenever I see Rob and stuff. Um, uh, well, I know I see him all the time. I don't mean that, but um, I, I told him that I was going to say or talk to you tonight, texting him and stuff. And uh, he totally remembers you. He thought you were a hilarious guy. He, he mentioned that he didn't saw you. You, know, you had to talk to him at our wedding. Yeah, yeah. It's just funny how time flies. Twenty years. Wow. Yeah, Rob became quite easily super successful, but he he came back and he was like he's a like a one of the leading digital um, uh, journalists in the in the world. Like he creates, he, he runs the the digital uh, shop for the National Film Board. So anything that comes online is is his. He's in charge of all that stuff. Wow. And now he's in charge of the English wow. Animation Studio for the National Film Board. But weirdly. Um, not weirdly, he's a journalist by trade. He went to journalism school at, out in uh, Dalhousie. Uh, and he was actually the editor-in-chief of the Leader Post and the Star Phoenix. Really? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. His dad was well, his dad was in the media, too, in Prince Albert, wasn't he? Yes, he, he was. Yeah, 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 yeah of course. He was, yeah. he was uh, in television and radio and yep. television, I think. Yep. And, uh, but anyways, yeah, so, so he, and then he left the Leader Post and so he was the, the editor-in-chief of both those papers wow. and then he became the editor in at the Vancouver Sun like Canada's third largest paper crazy yeah yeah totally it, it was amazing to watch like he did this just you know he went for it and he did super well but it was a, a bizarre you know I'm speaking for him but it was a strange time because as you know um, newspapers were just like closing in on themselves yeah, right? so yeah. really what all it was was like how to fire people and how to uh, you know maximize profits as you reduce your costs, right? Oh, just but scorched we, earth, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, but those are three of the larger papers in, in Canada, right? Yeah. And uh, to have him, uh, hey, have him as in charge of it was I thought it was really cool, and cool that he went back home and uh, looked after those papers and did a really good job. Like by all accounts, he was uh, he was excellent in what he was doing and stuff. But it, it kind of brought me back. Like I would be looking at the Star Phoenix news feeds and not maybe necessarily the leader post because I didn't I wasn't born and raised in Regina but it kind of brought some me back a little bit of connection back to Saskatchewan it was nice yeah well you're such a good friend you speak so highly of him that's really nice well say say hello to him for me I don't remember I him I don't remember I, I know that his dad worked in PA but I don't really remember he must have went to St. Mary's maybe I don't really remember him at Carleton I remember him in Saskatoon like going to school I think he was, I think he was smoking a lot, Brian. <laughs> and, and so that would be different in Prince Albert. Why? <laughs> he wouldn't have been fighting or swearing, but he would have just smoking. No, I think he was fighting and swearing a lot. I think he might have been drunk for uh, a pretty large portion of his grade 12 year. But uh, no, no, he was in Carlton for sure because I think he knew Jason as well. He knew him yeah. from the lake, but I think he also knew Jason 
um, because they're the same age. Is Jason a year older? No, you know, Jason's the same age as me, but he was a year, I think he might have, like, started a year early or accelerated or something, because we are the same age, I'm pretty sure. Like, Jason, you and me are all the same age. You and I are all the same age. Oh, okay. Are we not? I think that's the case. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I, I know I'm the same age as you. Yeah, 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 but I think he's the same age as us too. But he was a year ahead of us in school. But I, and I don't remember Rob. I guess Rob could have been a year ahead of me too, which explain why he was. I don't remember. Oh, okay, he, he yeah. was a year. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's fifty-three. That'll sound bad on the podcast if I say I don't remember him at Prince Howard, but I do remember. <laughs> so say hello. I will. I will for sure. And tell him. Do you ever get? Yeah. Sorry? No, no. Go ahead. I'm. I'm supposed to ask questions and then shut up. So go ahead. No, no, no. I was wondering. Do you ever get up to Vancouver? Oh, no, you know, um, I haven't been, I worked at Coke, and I used to go out there a bit, um, I can't even remember the last time, I guess I was in Vancouver, I went to Vancouver Island, uh, 2007, so that was the last time I was in, out there, yeah, so I, I never really, uh, once I moved out to Ontario, I never really came back, even to Alberta much, I just would go back to Sioux. so... Um, I, you know, really be, being st- stuck with travel with COVID, I, I do plan. To, I would like to go to Calgary and like catch up with folks, and I'd like to go to Vancouver too. So that will be. Uh, I mean, you'll be on the road show for that, but I, I would like to go back and see Vancouver. No, it would be lovely, and I'm going to be back. Uh, I'll, I'll keep in touch with you because I am going to be going back to Saskatchewan this summer, and uh, and, I, and my, my kids have never been to Waska Sioux or anything like that. So I was planning to um, to go up. And, yeah. uh, and and see if I could, uh, uh, you know, save a couple of days, and who knows, maybe because you said you would be going back this summer. I'd like to go back in August for sure. It's kind of depending yeah. on my folks. I mean, I'm I'm not doubly vaccinated yet. They, okay. I think I think down deep they'd like me to be doubly vaccinated, so I don't bring home anything. <laughs> they yeah. they are. I mean, my you know my dad's 92 and my mom's 84, so you know. Yeah, that's what you're saying. I, I was surprised. I, I I obviously it makes sense that your dad. I knew there was a, a little bit of a gap between you guys' age. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yes. So my dad is forty years older than me, and I'm forty years older than my first kid. So <laughs> there you go. Perfect. <laughs> um, so yeah. So I might go home, but I, I, I definitely would like to come to Vancouver too. So um, some, somehow we'll catch up. Yeah, because my Eastern trip is, is usually to Montreal, and it's not too much to Hamilton. Even though I hang out with the guy from Hamilton a lot out here. Well, see, I really. Yeah, his name's Dom Repta. He's amazing. He's like one of the world's great ultra marathoners, oh. and uh, his his son is my my middle son's best friend. And uh, yeah, so he's a total Hamilton guy, and he he went to McMaster and all those things. And uh, he speaks really highly of him. It's like a, it's a great place for him to grow up. That's for sure. You know, it is. There, I mean, there is kind of a tough core that's kind of still hangs around a bit, but. It is. It is a really good city. It's. It's really. Uh, it's beautiful. It gets. A, it has a bad reputation, but I, I do like it. I do like it. No, a lot. he said it's lovely. Yeah. He talks about the escarpment a lot. Yeah. It's. It's beautiful. Really. I mean, it's really part of the Niagara region. That's just a way better yeah, marketing than good. being calling it Steel Town. Doesn't really, really do much for it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're, and we haven't even done what. I mean, Pittsburgh has actually made Pittsburgh pretty cool. We haven't got. We haven't got there yet. <laughs> You'll get there. Uh, yeah, so that's it. I think we can we can. Uh, it's one oh eight. It's one oh eight here. I'm turning into David Letterman, like uh, doing late night talk show. Oh, I just love the fact that you you said yes and we did it. I think I, I like that's how I think to live life. It's nice that it actually it just it came to fruition. It was lovely. Awesome. Thank you very much. I uh, I appreciate the time and it's good to catch up.
Thank you for being a part oh, of this. Oh, Brian, it was uh, truly, it was, it was an absolute pleasure. It was so fun to talk to you, man. And uh, I, I can tell that we'll probably keep in touch now from this. Sounds really good. Have a good week. Have a good all night. Right. You too, Brian. All the best to everyone, hey? Bye for now. Yeah, see you, Brian. What a nice visit. Thank you, Trevor. And thank you to our listener, or listeners, S in brackets, for joining us today. Uh, Trevor is exactly the kind of friend that I want to uh, document and uh, that my kids listen to. So uh, thank you for that, Trevor. Trevor is a, was a great guest, and uh, I failed him by not asking him better questions or listening to him more and let him talk. But I haven't done one of these for a while. I'll get better. I did. I do like when podcasts correct their mistakes. So uh, P.A. Peronto was the player who I heard on the radio defend Mike Babcock. He was second in team scoring, 2015-2016 season, 20 goals, 21 assists. 41 points was actually second on the team scoring that year. It's kind of crazy how much more they are scoring now. Uh, and uh, Trevor was wrong. Willie Desjardins is coaching the Medicine Hat Tigers. He did not leave the U of S Husky hockey program. It was Dave Adolph who retired to make way for Mike Babcock. Um, but I was correct. Um, make no mistake, it was my mom's bike, GX2000 from the Bay. With that, we'll leave you to the sounds of LL Cool J and Mama Said Knock You Out. <laughs> <laughs>